0: The Super Bowl occurred, I am told. I don't know for certain, I actually attended a Super Bowl party and still, I did not catch even one second of the game, which is fine by me, as I later discovered that the game began with one of the most offensive public displays around these days, the so-called Black National Anthem. Grammy award-winning recording artist, Andra Day. Shoot the bower
1: every okay, no, I'm joking. And sea, Till earth and-
0: That's enough. Now, uh, my black friends do not consider that to be the national anthem because my black friends are Americans and normal. But that song has increasingly come to be seen as an alternate national anthem, one of two national anthems because we now have two nations coexisting for now right on top of each other. The split between these countries is more ideological than geographical or racial. There are geographical aspects, blue states and red states. There are racial aspects. Most people vote, most black people rather vote for Democrats. But the split fundamentally is ideological, which is why the Super Bowl ads clashed with each other. They were coded to speak to different audiences, different kinds of Americans, two different nations, two different nations, which increasingly don't even speak the same language. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Democrats are now openly calling to swap out Joe Biden from the top of the ticket. We will get to that and why it is likely not going to happen. First, though, I didn't watch the game at all while it was on. I went back and watched some of the highlights. I watched Travis Kelsey screaming at that poor elderly man. I watched the Black National Anthem, or at least part of it. And I watched some of the ads. And there was one ad above all that was extremely controversial, and it elicited the most anger, the most loathing, the most rending and gnashing of teeth. It was an ad from a group called He Gets Us that was, well, I'll just let you see it. You form your own conclusions. Now, for those who cannot see it, (laughs) I will describe it. It's an image of a man washing another man's feet. Then it's an image of a cop washing a, a black guy's feet in an alley. Then of a normal-looking white lady washing another kind of crazy-haired white lady's feet. Then of a white guy washing an Indian's feet. Then of a lady washing a gal's feet outside of an abortion clinic. Then of a, a daughter and a mother washing feet. And then some white guy and an Indian lady. And then a white lady and a vaguely Hispanic lady, and then of a white lady and a Muslim-looking lady washing her feet, and of a black lady washing a Hispanic lady's feet, and then of a white guy and a black guy sitting on a porch, both washing their feet together, and then of some kind of minister, maybe a priest, maybe just a Protestant minister washing the feet of an obviously gay guy, and it says, Jesus didn't teach hate, he washed feet. He gets us, all of us, Jesus. He gets us.com/ slash love your neighbor. I think I am the only conservative Christian in America who did not totally despise this ad. I know what you're thinking. You see this ad especially if you're a Christian and you say, oh no, they're promoting hippie Jesus. We all know this. We talk to our liberal relatives, or some lib in our school, or in our workplace, and they have never read the Bible, they don't go to church, they don't pray, but they have this idea of hippie socialist Jesus in their heads, and they, they think that you're a hypocrite, and you don't know your own faith, and they say, well, do you know, actually, Jesus was a big hippie, and he would have voted for Democrats, and he loves lib stuff, and if you're a real Christian, you'll support killing babies and opening borders, and I know, I know all of that. And those people look at this ad, and they say, this ad is vaguely sort of, not directly, not explicitly, but kind of promoting that vision of Jesus, and that's bad. Okay, I didn't totally hate this ad because it's in woke ease, because it's written in this woke language, because the symbols and the signs and the whole language of the ad is for secular liberals. The ad is not for you. The ad is not for me. The ad is not for conservatives or Christians or conservative Christians. The ad is for secular liberals. And there is a risk to an ad like this. I didn't see anything in the ad that was explicitly heretical necessarily. The closest it gets is that image of the abortion clinic and the woman washing the gal who maybe she's just had an abortion, maybe she's going to have an abortion, she's washing her feet, and there are the picketers in the background. But the the demonstrators outside the abortion clinic, they don't look angry. They don't look cruel. It's they're not exactly the liberal caricature of abortion protesters. They look a little apathetic, maybe. They're not, they're not paying attention to the woman having her feet washed, but they're not angry, they're not screaming, they don't have torches, they're just sort of in the background there. And says, Jesus didn't teach hate. So the, the conclusion that a lot of Christians are drawing is, well, the ad is insinuating that, the, that if you protest abortion, you're hateful. The, the ad is insinuating that if you uh, object to LGBT LMNOP style stuff, that you're hateful. I'm not certain that that's what the ad is saying. I think the ad is reaching out to secular liberals who have an aversion to Christianity and to Jesus and to faith, and is trying to speak their language. Much more to talk about in just a moment. First, though, go to policygenius.com slash Knowles. No one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with policy genius. Find the right policy to protect your family today and give yourself and your family peace of mind. Policy genius technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from america 's top insurers in just a few clicks, even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not follow you if you leave your job. You need a backup plan with policy genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just two hundred and ninety two bucks per year. For $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there is no excuse not to do it. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Go to PolicyGenius.com slash Knowles or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. PolicyGenius.com slash Knowles. Your orange-haired lesbian cousin who hates her dad is not going to read the Summa Theologiae set that you did not buy her, okay? Even if you did buy her one, she's not going to read it, okay? So if, if an ad can get some secular liberal And that's who these ads are for. For even one second to even consider our Lord, to to even maybe have some slight increase in affection for our Lord. I'm fine with it. You know, Joey Carrion, uh, when I made this point on Twitter, uh, Joey Carrion responded to me and he said, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is a good evidence of this. St. Paul writes, for whereas I was free to all, I made myself the servant of all that I might gain the more. And I became to the Jews, a Jew that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law. As if I were under the law, whereas myself was not under the law, that I might gain them that were under the law to them that were without the law. As if I were without the law, whereas I was not without the law of God, but was in the law of Christ, that I might gain them that were without the law to the weak I became weak that I might gain the weak. I became all things to all men that I might save all. And I do all things for the gospel's sake, that I may be made partaker thereof. From what I can gather about this ad that he gets this thing, it's funded by right-wing evangelicals. It's not totally clear, but it sort of seems like that. And probably those right-wing evangelicals have the same thought that St. Paul does. I'm not saying it's a good idea. This is not the kind of evangelism that necessarily is my style, but the idea behind it, the idea that you got to speak people's language, when they don't speak your language, you got to speak their language. When you want to go evangelize the Chinese, you got to speak Mandarin. You can't go and speak English. Most of the, maybe now you can because the Chinese all learn English in school because they have much better education systems than we do in most cases. But when you want to go speak to someone, you got to speak their language. Okay. And even the abortion, the most controversial part of the ad, the, the abortion clinic, I think it serves a decent purpose. Would I've changed the image a little? Maybe I would have, but it serves a decent purpose. A lot of people allow their own personal sins to be an obstacle to acknowledging the truth before them. They'll know the truth. They'll know it's wrong to murder babies. But if they've had an abortion in the past, they'll say, well, I, if I admit this truth that I know, then I'm a murderer, and I can't bear that, and I can't live with that. So you, ha- you, you have to make clear to them. You have to give them an off-ramp. You have to make clear to them, no, no, no it, there is redemption for you. It's not all over. You, you actually have, but in order to have that redemption, you have to acknowledge the truth. And the truth is that abortion is murdering a baby. A lot of people do this, especially when it comes to sexual sins, because sex is so close to our nature. They'll do it. You've got to give them an off ramp. You have to, it's not to say we excuse your behavior, go kill more babies, go do more weird sex stuff. But it is to say, this isn't the end of your life. It's all right. It's okay. You've been doing bad stuff. Just cut it out. Just cut it out and you'll be okay. Acknowledge the truth. Follow the truth. Look, I, I'm not saying it's the greatest ad ever. It certainly is not. If it's a starting place, though, for even one lost lib to turn toward the truth and toward God, I'm okay with it. Now, there was a better religious ad, which was the Hallow ad, the great Hallow app, which sponsors this show. Take it away. God, we take this moment just to give you thanks. We thank you for this time to come together as a family, as friends, and as a country, help us, Lord, especially this Lent, to grow closer to you. Amen. Join us in prayer this Lent on Hallow. Stay prayed up. Love that ad. I don't have very much to say about it other than it was really great. And look, that's, that's the next step. I don't know that that ad is going to speak directly to your orange-haired lesbian cousin who hates her father, who is, you know, getting all sort of like satanic tattoos on her or whatever. Probably you need a different approach for that person. But the person who's already vaguely open to God, that ad is going to speak to. And I just think you got to try to get everybody, you know, to, to quote St. Paul, to the Jew, become a Jew. To those under the law, be under the law. To those without the law, be without the law. To the weak, become weak. Be all things to all men for the gospel's sake. Oh, that's fine by me. Now, there was another ad that, was, that really did not have very much to do with religion. That came from President Trump, and it targeted not Joe Biden, but Nikki Haley.
1: Prove the fact that Donald Trump says I want to cut Social Security or raise the age. I've never said that. There's the red challenge hat. Trump's challenging Haley's statement.
0: Haley's claims she didn't call for raising the age of Social Security is under review. Tony, here's exactly what the official is looking at.
1: Social Security, Medicare, how would you manage the entitlements? We say the rules have changed. What we do know is 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. Let's take a look at another angle. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy.
0: I think the call is pretty clear, but let's go down to the field and see what official Gene Tooney has to say. After review. Nikki Haley clearly said she plans to change the rules and raise the age of social security. This results in cutting benefits for 82% of America.
1: Bob, that was a rookie mistake by Haley. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message.
0: The interesting thing about this ad is that it's against Nikki Haley. Trump is destroying Nikki Haley in all of the polls. Why is he going after her in a Super Bowl ad? These ads are very expensive. One because anything can happen in politics, especially when the liberal establishment is prosecuting you, trying to throw you in prison. I don't know. They might try to kill him at some point. He wants to make sure there's no even semi-viable challenge to him. So this was the kill shot at Nikki Haley. And the the subject of the kill shot is what's really interesting here. He went after Nikki Haley for trying to do something that 10 years ago, many self-styled conservatives were all for, namely reforming entitlements. And Trump. St- going back to 2016, 2015, even earlier, is opposed to cutting entitlements. He says, absolutely not. But you remember back in the day, the Tea Party, the Paul Ryan types, uh, broadly the conservative movement was all for entitlement reform. And the argument for it was, we need to get our fiscal house in order before we can deal with the social problems. Some people even called for a social truce. Let's, Let's have a truce. Let's Put a pause on the social fights so we can stop the new red menace, which is consisting of ink. And at the time, it sounded like an okay idea. The problem was, we learned that you can't actually fix the fiscal problems without fixing the cultural problem. So Trump comes on the scene, and he flips it. And he says, no, that's never going to work. Man is not a, a purely or primarily economic being we're social creatures. And so you're uh, until you fix the border, until you fix the family, until you fix national sovereignty, until you fix basic social issues. You're you're simply not going to fix the fiscal problems. And so he says, "No, we're not even going to we're going to we're going to have a fiscal truce but <laughs> until we fix the social problems. It's a flipping of the politics of 10 years ago." And Trump's view is now more persuasive. Maybe it was always more persuasive. Maybe that's why the the Tea Party, unfortunately, and the Paul Ryan types did not score big political wins. Maybe if there is a realignment in the Republican Party, maybe this is why. Maybe that's the fundamental flip. And maybe that's why Trump is dominating right now. in the polls, at least one of the big reasons for it. There are plenty of reasons to attack Trump, and people will do it for all sorts of reasons. But one of the dumbest arguments, I think, is that Trump doesn't have... A, a clear kind of conservatism, you know. Trump is ideologically incoherent. Trump is—he's just shooting from the hip. He's just purely a narcissist. Uh, I don't think so. Actually, I think going back to the '80s, Trump called for tariffs when the rest of the GOP was calling for free trade. I think Trump has been an immigration restrictionist for much, much longer than the GOP has. The GOP, which effectively called for open borders, either through legal mechanisms, vastly expanding legal immigration or by just ignoring illegal immigration for many, many years. Trump has a at least vaguely coherent kind of conservatism, more coherent than a lot of professional politicians. And it's an older kind of conservatism. It's not, it's not neoconservatism. It's an older kind that, that typified the old right before the late 20th century. And that's appealing to a lot of people. That creates a new political coalition. Speaking of the presidential race, Democrats have had it with Joe Biden. That press conference, I think, was the nail in the coffin. They saw the special counsel report that Joe Biden is an amiable old man who's not fit to stand trial because he's so senile. And then they saw Vladimir Putin come out and give a very impressive interview with Tucker Carlson. And then they saw Biden try to one-up that that. Interview with Tucker by going out and giving this rambling press conference where he he couldn't remember what Mexico and Egypt are. He flipped those two countries and he couldn't remember seemingly his own name. So now you got Bill Maher, very prominent liberal, saying, "Gotta
1: get Biden out of there." He did not run on a promise not to run again, but he did run on a big hint. Yeah, he said, "I see myself as a bridge, right? That's collapsing." Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but. I see myself as a bridge. I read that as one term. Uh huh. Okay. And I guess the question now is, is it too late? And I don't think it is because I still think you can do it at the convention. I don't, I, I and people have said to me, Oh, that's ridiculous. They'll look like, they'll look like nothing. Nobody gives a f- what you do at the convention. <laughs> They'd be thrilled if they did it the day before the election.
0: of Americans don't think Joe Biden is up for the job. So while I generally believe it looks terrible for a party to swap out its nominee or its running mate for that matter, it just shows weakness. At this point, Biden and the Democrats are not fooling anyone. The Democrats realize they are in a very bad situation. Even if they rig all the votes in all the different states, it's still going to be tough. I mean, the, the vast majority of Americans don't think this guy's up for the job. It's not just Bill Maher and some of the more liberal, libertarian comedians who are throwing pot shots at Biden,
1: it's CNN, too. This report from the special counsel includes photos. Those photos include shots of a box uh, just sitting in President Biden's Delaware garage. The special counsel described it as a badly damaged box sitting amid household detritus. So there was some material that was in cabinets, uh, locked or lockable, as the president said, but all of it certainly not. And that open, unsealed damaged box included, according to the special counsel, highly sensitive, top-secret material about the war in Afghanistan. That claim that he didn't have any material that was quote-unquote high classified is also not true John the special counsel's report says that the president possessed multiple highly classified documents that were indeed marked as being highly classified documents including some marked as top secret slash SCI sensitive compartmented information that is a very high level of classification so he's entitled to say he didn't do it he can defend himself but he also said the special counsel didn't say that he did share that (laughs) classified info with the ghostwriter except John the special counsel did say that explicitly
0: this goes on for four minutes, okay? That's a, that is a brief clip of this diatribe on CNN from a reporter to another big lib on CNN just going off about how Joe Biden is a liar or just doesn't remember anything and can't function and can't form a coherent sentence. Devastating. That's CNN. That's the Clinton News Network, okay? That is the, the state media of the liberal establishment. They want him gone. And you know what this tells me, what all of this tells me? is that Joe Biden really is the president. Much more to say in one second. First, though, head over to woketearswater.com. It seems like wokeism is everywhere. It's in the air we breathe. It's even in the water we drink. That is why there is a new hydration brand with a mission to save America from the brave new woke world one sip at a time. Woke Tears Bottled Water is an American brand that is making hydration great again. Woke Tears Water is a brand of drinking water bottled right here in the United States by people who know what a woman is. Made from pure snowflake meltdowns, Woke Tears Water provides a refreshing gulp of laughter in a world thirsty for sanity. If you want to try Woke Tears Water, visit woketearswater.com. Indulge today in laughter and hydration. Two of the most important things in life. Right now, you go to woketearswater.com. I love, of course that Woke Tears Water is clearly inspired by the greatest uh, drinking vessel ever made by man. At Woke Tears Water is a great conversation starter. It's a great thing to pass out to your liberal cousins when they come over for Thanksgiving. Woke Woketearswater.com. There's a theory. You hear it in right-wing circles. Joe Biden's not really the president. Who's really calling the shots? I don't know. I'm sure he's neglecting whole swaths of the government, but... When he does assert something, I think he gets it. I think Joe Biden, when he wants to be, is actually the president. If Joe Biden were not the president, he would not have been permitted to give that press conference. If Joe Biden were not the president, Democrats would have swapped him out long ago. This, this tells me two things. One, Democrats really want Joe Biden off this ticket prominent Democrats, like CNN Democrats. And two, Joe Biden's the president and he doesn't want to go. And you're going to have to drag that guy out kicking and screaming or stiff as a board. Now, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about Biden's memory lapses, you know, uh, speaking in Spanish to the president of Egypt or whatever it was that he did. And the response from the White House is nothing. How can he be trusted with the nuclear codes if... I I get that you're saying that uh, nobody in the building would say that he's got an issue with his memory, but just a little part of what we get to see, he's made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on camera this week.
1: So I'm gonna be very clear here. Um, The reality is that report, that part of the report, does not live in reality. It just doesn't. So the special counsel it is it, lying it, it is, about the president's It is. Memory. It is. It was gratuitous. You heard from my. You heard from Ian Sam's, my colleague. Uh, it is unacceptable, and it does not live in reality. That is just the facts.
0: Let me translate that. You know, we we opened the show today talking about how the left and the right speak different languages here. So what Karine Jean-Pierre just said in normal language was la 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 la. I can't hear you Peter Doocy la 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 what no I go are you talking I can't even hear you la 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 that was the answer hey um hey White House press secretary you know the special counsel says that the guy can't remember anything and he's not fit to stand trial and then Biden was just meandering and wandering about during that press conference and couldn't remember his own name and didn't know what Egypt and Mexico are Uh, what do you say to that Did you say something, Peter? I couldn't hear you. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. La, 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 la. That's the best they've got. I, don't, I can't even fault Karine Jean-Pierre there. What's she supposed to say? What's she supposed to say? Everyone, every single person around the president is admitted, including CNN, including the special counsel, including every, including his own staff members, undercover. Remember that video, the video that came out last week of James O'Keefe, right-wing journalist, going on a fake gay date with some top White House official? the cybersecurity official, and the cybersecurity official is admitting, yeah, we'd like to swap Joe Biden out. It's probably not going to happen, but that guy is old, man. He's in decline. It's pretty bad. So everybody around Joe Biden is admitting on camera or in writing that this guy is way past his sell-by date. And so she has got an impossible job. The only thing she can do is ignore it. But can the White House ignore reality forever? Can the White House ignore reality at the convention, the White House can't ignore reality at the ballot box unless they conduct the greatest vote rigging operation in history. Unless they import Saddam Hussein's election officials, then reality might start to interfere with their fantasies. They're going to have to make some hard choices. Now, speaking of black women, talking about Karine Jean-Pierre, not, not Joe Biden. Speaking of black women, Mo Neek just recently complained on some random podcast that she would be much more famous if she were a white woman. If I was a white woman, do you know what my name would be? Wealthy. Melissa McCarthy. Oh my goodness. If I was a white woman, my name (coughs) would be Melissa McCarthy. Same track record. Five year sitcom and syndication. Same track record. The opportunities are not the same. Okay, she goes on and complains about how she's not, not as famous as she would be otherwise. Many of you probably have never heard of Monique. I vaguely remember her name from sitcoms some years ago. And so she's, she's complaining. She's saying, oh, it's pity me. You know, I'm, I'm black. If I were white, I'd have so much more privilege. I'm, I'm wealthy and I'm famous, but I'd be wealthier and more famous if I were white. I think she's basically half right. I know a lot of conservatives are gonna jump down her throat here and say, oh, you're playing the race car and you're being a victim and you're not really a victim. You're but, but she's probably right. If if she were white, she would appeal to the culture of more people, right? Her comedy has been specifically targeted at black culture, and black people make up something like 12 to 14 percent of the United States. America is a was a white country. I guess we're not exactly a white country anymore. We're still a majority white, though. It's still 60% white. And for the vast majority of America's history, it was almost 90% white. So, yeah, that's true. If you appeal to a minority population, you're going to be less famous than if you appealed to the majority of the population. That's true. That's obviously true. Now, it's not clear that she would be Melissa McCarthy because the competition pool is far greater when you're trying to appeal to the majority. So maybe if she were white, Melissa McCarthy would just have her career and no one would have ever, ever heard of Monique. There are some advantages to appealing to a niche minority audience. But, but I think her, her concern is legitimate. She's saying there is this distinct culture within America that I appeal to, but, but the culture that I appeal to and the majority culture are not synonymous. And so that is just naturally restricting my growth potential. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Culture really does matter. And there there is some intersection with culture and race. It's not uh, exclusive, obviously. But yeah, this, she's right about that. That's true. And, and this is also why uh, calls to radically change the demographics of the country will inevitably affect national culture. Now, when we're talking about changing the demographics of the country, we're actually not really talking about black and white anymore. We're talking about importing a lot of Hispanics into the country through an open border. But that will change the demography of the culture. And and the reason that the, or the demography of the nation, rather, the reason that the liberals are doing it is not because they want different sitcoms on the air. Obviously, the reason the liberals are doing it is because they think that it will give them a permanent electoral advantage. And if you look at uh, party affiliation and voting statistics, they might be right about that. I know Republicans have long wished that uh, Hispanics or conservatives, they just don't know it yet. Many Hispanics are conservative. I got a lot of Hispanic friends that are extremely right wing. And certain Hispanic groups are more conservative than others. The Cubans are much more conservative than the Hondurans, broadly. But the, the numbers over the last several decades seem to bear out that the Democrats are right. That's why they're doing it. That is real. When Monique complains about it, so I don't think anyone's yet connected Monique to the uh, permanent and changing electoral uh, landscape of the United States. but that's what it's about. Yes, yeah, true. Culture is different. if you want to if you want to have much more cultural influence and impact, you you're going to want to uh, have access to the majority of that culture. So you got to change majorities and minorities. Now speaking of discrimination, Facebook and Instagram have just announced that they will no longer recommend political content on their social media platforms. Mark Zuckerberg said this, and I wonder why it is. I wonder why it is. Is it just because he wants to be out of politics? I don't think Mark Zuckerberg wants to be out of politics. I think Mark Zuckerberg spent a lot of money last cycle uh, controlling the uh, ballot drop boxes in a lot of counties in this country. Some have said that that was the pivotal shift in the election that gave the election to Joe Biden. There are are lots of really good reports on this about how the Zuckerberg-funded left-wing groups that controlled the ballot drop boxes, in some cases illegally because they placed them too far from the county clerk offices, that those were the determining factor of the election. I think Zuckerberg said he was willing to spend any amount of money to get the mean orange man out of office. So now he's all of a sudden he's neutral? No, no, no. Facebook and Instagram deciding not to recommend political content, that's not neutral. That is a major advantage for liberals because conservatives tend to do much, much better on social media because the liberals control the establishment media. So conservatives need to have some outlet. There's still a hunger for conservative content. So when when we create new companies like the Daily Wire, we do very, very well. Daily Wire has always done very, very well on Facebook. It's not because Facebook's helping us out. It's because there is a demand for our kind of content that you can't get on NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, Netflix, all the other platforms. So where there's a little bit more freedom to state one's opinion, we're going to do a lot better. That's why conservatives are doing so well on X right now. So when Zuckerberg says, okay, we're we're not going to recommend political content, okay, your top political content, company by company, it's still majority liberal because there's just so much more money and firepower behind the liberals. But you look at, Daily Wire versus New York Times in isolation, Daily Wire does a lot better with a much smaller budget and a much smaller staff. So when he says we're not going to recommend political content anymore, that that disproportionately hurts conservatives. Also, the other reason that it's so brutal is the news right now is very bad for liberals. If the news cycle— were really good for liberals and really good for Joe Biden, then not recommending political content might hurt him because people aren't going to hear all the great news that's coming out of the White House. But the news coming out of the White House is terrible. Joe Biden can barely speak. The special counsel thinks he's not—he's so senile he's not fit to stand trial. We're on the brink of World War III in two separate places. We've got an invasion at the southern border, millions of foreign nationals pouring over into our country. We've got an economy that's that's teetering that has some signs that that it's not in total collapse and yet the underlying fundamentals of the economy seem to be terrible. Yeah, it's not good, man. All the news is really bad. So, when you say okay, we're not going to recommend any political news anymore. Yeah, well, when the news is terrible for the White House, then that's a major gift to the White House. Which of course we should expect because the social media platforms, I guess with the exception of Elon Musk and X, are in the tank for Democrats. And you can rely on the fact that whatever they do is going to benefit Democrats. I wouldn't look at what they do and say, okay, well, is this good for us or bad for us? And just know it's always going to be bad for conservatives. So go the opposite direction and say, okay, well, whatever they've done, if I want to learn something about the underlying political reality, just look at what they've done, know that that is positive for Democrats and bad for Republicans, and then come to some conclusions about the political reality. Now, speaking of this presidential cycle, President Trump has just come out, and responded to the special counsel's refusal to prosecute Joe Biden. And he said, hold on. Joe Biden has been discovered to have done a much more egregious version of the thing that I'm being prosecuted for. Joe Biden, when he was vice president, did not have the ultimate ability to declassify documents. Joe Biden had these documents scattered everywhere, including in front of a crackhead in his own home. Joe Biden had no idea really where a lot of these documents were by Joe Biden's own admission. So he, he did a much more egregious version of the crime that Trump is going to wear an orange jumpsuit for. And, and Trump says, this is selective prosecution.
1: If Biden is not going to be charged, he said, that's up to them. You know, look, if he's not going to be charged- That's up to them. But then I should not be charged. This is nothing more than selective persecution of Biden's political opponent, me. And I don't know that it's Biden, because I don't think he knows he's alive.
0: (laughs) Obviously true. Notice Trump doesn't say prosecution there. He says persecution. Maybe he confused the words, but the word that Trump used... Whether it was intentional or unintentional is more apt. It's a persecution because it's it's not it's actually not just the prosecutions. They've been doing this to Trump since 2015, when the Obama administration teamed up with the Democrats in the Hillary campaign, using the FBI and the DOJ to spy on Trump's campaign based on totally fraudulent evidence, and to undermine his administration with the special counsel and the Robert Mueller investigation. Remember, it's Mueller time. We're going to get Trump. Trump is buddies with Putin or Putin videotaped him doing weird sex stuff in Moscow, all this nonsense. There was no evidence for any of it, but they use it to undermine his administration. Then that doesn't work. So they, they impeach him for colluding with the Ukrainians. Then they, they, after they they couldn't get him on colluding with the Russians, they get him for colluding with the Ukrainians. That doesn't work. And then they get him for being an insurrectionist. That doesn't work. Now they're getting him because he allegedly met a gossip columnist in New York in the 90s at Bergdorf Goodman. Or what? Or he had some documents like every other president had. Or vice president, as we're learning with Joe Biden. Or he what? Or he called the Secretary of State of Georgia and said, hey, stop stealing the election. (laughs) Or he what? Or what? Nothing. They got nothing. But it's a persecution because th- they will do anything to get rid of him. Now, mark your calendars, folks, for the epic return of backstage. After almost a year away filming the Pendragon cycle, the God King Jeremy Boring is back and is joined by Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, Andrew Claven, and yours truly. Join us tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, as we go behind the scenes and beyond the headlines. Watch the show live exclusively on Daily Wire Plus Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. You do not want to miss this. Our favorite comment yesterday is from Charles Bryson, 7443, who says, climbing a stadium is a felony. Climbing a wall is citizenship. Yes, isn't that so strange? So the pro-life Spider-Man, Mason Deschamps, just climbs this building. He's climbed many buildings. He climbs it to raise money for a homeless pregnant woman and to bring attention to the pro-life cause. And they arrest him and, and say that he committed all these felonies. But if you climb a wall <laughs> as an economic migrant, uh, uh, with the help of the uh, drug cartels, the most psycho killers on planet earth, uh, that's an act of love. How strange? An act of vandalism. An act of, it doesn't, doesn't quite add up to me, does it? Does it to you? Now, speaking of dubious Legal decisions. This is my favorite story. I can't believe it took this long. I wanted to get to it on Friday. We've, we've had to wait to get to it now. The Hawaiian Supreme Court has just ruled that there is something which overrules the U.S. Constitution. Typically, you know, we have local laws, town, laws at the township level, and those would be overruled, say, by laws at the county level. Those might be overruled by laws at the state level. And state laws can be overruled by laws at the federal level. And ultimately, what reigns supreme in the United States is the U.S. Constitution, which overrules all those laws, except according to the Hawaiian Supreme Court, for one thing the one thing that overrules the U.S. Constitution is the spirit of aloha. There is a case in Hawaii over whether or not Hawaiians have Second Amendment rights, and uh, they do. <laughs> there have been a number of court cases on this front, but there was recently one, the New York uh, Rifle and Pistol Association case, which uh, reminded uh, our liberal states that Americans do, in fact, have a Second Amendment right. But the Hawaiian court just says, no, no. Whatever, whatever the Supreme Court ruled, it doesn't matter because, quote, in Hawaii, the aloha spirit inspires constitutional interpretation, When this court exercises power on behalf of the people and in fulfillment of our responsibilities, obligations, and service to the people, we may contemplate and reside with the life force and give consideration to the aloha spirit. The spirit of aloha clashes with a federally mandated lifestyle that lets citizens walk around with deadly weapons during day-to-day activities. There's a profound truth to this decision, to the spirit of aloha. Whatever that means. And that is, a constitution is only as good as the people who will live by and enforce it. Sometimes I fear the right-wingers, we put a little too much trust in our constitution. The constitution is a piece of parchment with ink on it. It is dead. To quote Antonin Scalia, it is a dead, it's not a living document, it's a dead document, it's dead, okay? Okay. And to go even further than what Justice Scalia meant by that. The Constitution is not going to ride in on a white horse and save you. The Bill of Rights is not going to come in out of the sky and stop the bad guys from taking away your rights. Constitutions and laws are only as good as the people who live by and enforce them. What really matters is the lowercase c constitution, how people actually live how our society is actually set up. And to the Hawaiian Supreme Court's credit, they're recognizing that the the spirit of aloha, man, is a much more powerful force than the opinion of nine lawyers on the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. I was talking with Drew Clavin about a related matter on Friday. We were talking about the famous John Adams quote. The Constitution's built for a moral and religious people, and it's not fit for the government of any other kind of people. And conservatives love quoting this because it's proof that America is a religious country. We're a Christian country founded on a belief in God. And those atheists and those liberals and those secularists, they want to pretend that we weren't. But by golly, there it is. There's John Adams saying that we are. That's not really what he's saying, right? (laughs) I mean, what he's saying is that the Constitution exists. For a moral and religious people. It will work for a moral and religious people. But it's not going to make the people moral and religious. For the, pe- the people have to be moral and religious. That is a prerequisite to having a country that is governed according to our constitution. The constitution will, will not magically do that for you. So if the people ceases to be moral and religious, as increasingly I suspect we have, then the constitution's not going to work. Constitution and a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee before Joe Biden, after Joe Biden inflation. Then you're going to need like four fifty to get that same cup of coffee. This is why I'm open to annoying commercials like the He Gets Us thing, which presents, or at least implies, it doesn't explicitly give it to you, but it kind of implies hippie Jesus. And I, yeah, that idea drives me crazy, but we're in a country where religion is just collapsing all around us. And so anything that might even somewhat get a secular lib to even consider God, there's, that's not the end. Obviously they can't just stop there, but it's just, there. there's so much further that they've got to go. But if we don't even have that, there's no hope. Shred your constitution. Let the libs burn the constitution like they've wanted to do for 50 years, because it's not going to get you anywhere. Now, There is an example of countries turning this kind of thing around in precisely this way with a religious revival that is undertaken not merely from the level of culture and individuals making choices and blah, 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 but it's from the political level. It is the political power channeling the desires of the people. So it's not totally in opposition to the people, but but also enforcing a particular religious view. And that would be probably the man I'm going to endorse for president of America in 2024, that would be the leader of El Salvador, the recently reelected leader, reelected with 85% of the vote, Naib Bukele, who in his uh, acceptance speech, in his victory speech, he started out talking about real nuts and bolts, practical victories. I will translate.
1: We've gone from being
0: the most dangerous country in the world, to being the safest country in the Western Hemisphere, the safest country in the American continent. What did they tell us? You're violating human rights. Who's human rights? The rights of honest people? No. Perhaps we've prioritized the rights of honest people over criminals' rights. That's what we've done. And that's what you say is a human rights violation. I ask these organizations. I ask the governments of these foreign countries. I ask these journalists why do you want to kill us? Why do you want to see our blood spilled? Why aren't you happy that blood doesn't run in our country as it used to? Why should we die so that you can be happy that we're respecting your your false democracy, which you don't even respect in your own country? Love this. Directly calling out the liberal establishment, including the libs in Washington, D.C. You're, you're saying we're, I'm a dictator. I'm a dictator. I got elected with the vast majority of the vote. A far more legitimate vote than sometimes happens in Western countries. And I'm, I'm popular because we're, we're arresting a, an actual satanic gang that rapes children. We're talking about MS-13 and an explicitly satanic gang. We're arresting these guys with face tattoos who look like demons. We're arresting them. We're throwing them in prison. And now we're the safest country in the Western hemisphere. Why are you upset about that? Because of some false notion of democracy that you don't live by, what's going to animate a democracy? A democracy is just a a form of government? What's the spirit that animates it? He gives the answer. Bukele says the answer is something that the West has forgotten, and that would be God.
1: We're tools of God.
0: God chose to heal our country.
1: He did it by uniting the people
0: who can take the reins of their own destiny. I can already see the headlines. Bukele mentions God And the country must be secular They even want to force us to be atheists now We respect all religions We respect atheists and agnostics We are their friends But let us believe in God And let us give him the glory that he wants What's the harm in that? How does that hurt you? Oh, maybe the problem is that it sets an example because maybe the people in your countries who you have tried to indoctrinate into atheism will once again believe in God. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that is the problem to these libs and maybe that's the solution. And maybe we can look to our neighbors to the south a, a stunning example of success in this regard, not just on one policy matter, not just on fixing the economy, all the way down to the fundamental issue of society, because all human conflict ultimately is religious. And that guy just showed the way. Not only had to fix the country, but how to be very popular doing it. Not popular among the journalists, not popular in the Beltway in Washington, D.C., but very, very popular among the people who still have at least a little bit more common sense than our Self appointed political elite. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K N O W L E S, to check out for two months free on all annual plans.
1: One stage, one night. No limits. Don't miss the epic return of the God King, Jeremy Boring, with Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, Michael Knowles, and Andrew Clavin. backstage. Watch it live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, exclusively on the Daily Wire Plus app and on dailywire.com.